This week on Double-Edged Sword, cutting to the heart of a deceptive culture, Father Andy Hamicky talks about vocational discernment and spiritual warfare. Is it scary to allow yourself to be in God's will? Why do young people like adoration of the Blessed Sacrament? Can you stay close to your family while becoming a priest? Well, let's find out. Father Andy is being interviewed by Divine Mercy Radio's on-air host, Ken Billinger. We would like to welcome in Father Andy Hamakey, who is vocational director for the Diocese of Salina. And uh, we welcome in Father Andy Hamakey. How are you doing this afternoon? That's right. I'm doing pretty good. Welcome. It's always great to talk to you. I know you and Father Joshua Werther are in your first year as vocations director. So let's talk a little bit about that and what the experience has been like for you so far. Yeah, sure. So it's, it's been uh, pretty incredible so far. It's a it's a it's a humbling job to to be to be asked to be able to do. And and uh, so yeah, Father Josh and I kind of took over, um, started our responsibilities basically at the beginning of last summer, which was an interesting time to start uh, amidst COVID and everything, of course, but. Um, over the summer, it was great. It was kind of a unique opportunity where normally our seminarians, all, all our guys that are studying to be priests, normally they're involved in different programs such as Parent Action or Totus Tuus, um, things like that. This summer, those programs didn't happen, and so um, instead they were all in parishes. And we had the opportunity to uh, gather them together in, in Salina uh, multiple times for, for opportunities for them to... Father Fred at one point taught them um, a scripture course over the course of three or four days, and then he took us out to the lake multiple times, and then later on we had an instructor come down from Benedictine to teach uh, the guys about theology of the body. And once again, Father Fred took us out to the lake. And so it kind of started off uh, our role as vocation directors as uh, kind of getting a, a summer to kind of get to know our guys pretty good. Um, and it was enjoyable. Um, had another lake outing at Lake Wilson, camped out there. And, and so and that was all good. Um, since then, um, still really enjoyable, but of course, you know, like so many people right now, there's 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 cancellations of things due to COVID. So some of the events we had planned, uh, some of the visits we had planned to the seminary and stuff like that have been been canceled. But uh, you know, we're doing doing what we can. And, and uh, Father Josh and I, once a month, um, one of us goes out to different parishes on the weekends just to to preach on vocation. So that's that's been enjoyable. One of the coolest parts maybe has been meeting with. Uh, Potential candidates, you know, meeting with guys and, and just kind of remembering what it was like to be at that stage early on, kind of excited, and that's been really cool. And, and um, uh, we also wrote uh, two new vocation cards. Um, so there, there's one prayer directly for priests and one prayer directly for um, all, all vocations in general, and those are both on one prayer card on, uh, um, that are on, on either side of one prayer card. And so uh, that's kind of what we've been up to lately, um, but learn, learning a lot as we go. Uh, that's great. Sounds like a lot of things going on. Right now, how many, uh, as far as numbers go, can you share a little bit uh, as far as numbers, uh, seminarians, and kind of where maybe where some of them are at or some of them close to transitional deacon ordination and, and uh, share with us what, what uh, that looks like in the Salina Diocese right now? Sure, yeah. Um, so we've got eight seminarians and a quality group of guys. And so Deacon Brian McCaffrey is... Uh, He's out at St. Mindred Seminary in Indiana, Indiana, and uh, he's scheduled to be ordained a priest um, this summer, um, June 5th. And so he's, he's our 
He's our uh, upcoming seminarian. Actually, right now, he's on winter break, and he's staying with Father Kevin and I here at St. Mary's um, in Salina. But, so he's our, he's our next priest, um, June 5th. And then um, next up, so we'll have a kind of a gap year, but, but behind him is Luke Freeze. He's in second theology. Um, so he, he will not be a deacon this, this spring, but the, the following spring he'll, go, he'll get ordained a deacon. And, and, uh, and we've got a crew of guys kind of, um, you know, kind of basically spread out one year behind each one of those guys going down. Yeah. Well, that's great. Looking forward, always looking forward to that transitional diaconate ordination, which you said is two years away, but a new priest coming in to the diocese, God willing, uh, in June of next year. So look forward to that. So we're talking this afternoon with uh, Father Andy Hamicky about... uh, uh, the vocational discernment and also spiritual warfare. Being new to vocations work, are there any resources you lean on for guidance? What's been helpful to you? Yeah, uh, so I guess number one, one of the things that's been really helpful has been um, just, just having a good relationship with Father Gale prior to, I mean, he, he was the vocation director, of course, when I was coming through seminary, him and him and Father Jarrett. So um, I know Father Josh and I have both appreciated being able to lean on them, the guys who have done it recently, and kind of pick their brain on things as we as we move forward, and then also for me in particular, being still here, I'm here at St. Mary's and 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 Alina, and uh, the pastor here is Father Kevin Weber. Um, as a young priest, he was full time vocation director, and then recently he was kind of co vocation director with with Father Gale, and he did a lot of the behind the scenes office stuff, and so that's when there, that's where there's been a lot uh, of learning to do is the behind the scenes stuff, and having him like you know, in the office every day and in the rectory to ask questions to. He's been great about helping me through things. And, and of course, uh, great working with Father Josh. He, he's got a little more experience as a priest than I do, and he's just a knowledgeable guy. And, and uh, so, so far, I think um, he's, he's been helpful. It's been a good team. And, and uh, so definitely lean on, on priests in our diocese for a resource. But as far as, like, trying to, you know, educate myself and, and, and be more prepared to be able to actually help guys discern um one of the main resources i've been pointed to is is um saint ignatius of loyola you know who who in the history of our church he's one of the premier saints that helps helps us with discernment uh, and helps us to understand god's will in our lives and and in the united states uh father timothy gallagher is a priest who who does a great job of of breaking down saint ignatius's material and helping us to understand it so i've i've really leaned a lot on um uh, Father Timothy Gallagher and, and, and uh, some of the work that he, he does with trying to understand Ignatius. So, um, yeah. Sure. Uh, one of the things, uh, Father Andrew, I want to make sure I mention, too, you did a great job at the men's conference this year talking about vocations and really kind of enlightening some of the fathers that were there, some of the dads there, on the importance of vocations. And I know, you know, your dad played a played a very important role in, in that as well, your, your whole family for that matter, your mom and dad for sure. So I, I just I thoroughly enjoyed the talk, and I think you brought up some really great points about vocations. Let's talk a little bit about um, you know, discerning between two good options. How do we know which one God wants, to, wants us to choose? Uh, how do we help, help us to understand how we discern that? Sure, yeah. Um, so, so that's you know, a big question, and, and, um, and I think just to start, I mean, the way it's phrased is good because we know for sure when it comes to discernment, 
Um, we don't ever have to choose as far as trying to know what God's will is. We're never choosing between something that's good and something that's evil and trying to wonder what God wants us to do. He, he never wills us to do evil. So we know that. that that's, that's, that's clear. So between two good options, you know, this career or, or that career or um, present job or new job, work or further studies or um, a change of place for family or, or no change, involvement in this ministry or that or marriage or priesthood, marriage, religious life, uh, permanent diaconate, you know. Um, God, God, uh, God, those are the things we have to choose between and see where, see where God's leading us. And, and so kind of back to, you know, Father Timothy Gallagher and, and his work with Ignatius, one thing that, that he really brings out from Ignatius that to even be able to start to try to answer that question, um, number one, first and foremost, we have to actually want to do God's will. You know, for us to uh, be, be at all have any kind of clarity on what God wants, we have to desire His will, you know. And, and so um, He said to get to that point where we can actually desire God's will, we have to truly accept God's love for us. And a lot of us, oftentimes, you know, when, when we think about God's love, we, we've heard our whole lives, Jesus loves you. Uh, Jesus loves you. That's great. Have we ever let it actually sink from our, from our head, the knowledge, to our heart and, and truly accepted it? And he says, if you do, if you truly like, experience the love of Christ, um, then it's really, really easy to return that love. From that point forward, you're in a relationship with Christ. Um, you, you learn that you can trust Him. And then uh, from that point forward, now you're ready to, to truly be open to whatever God calls you to. And so it, it starts with that. Let's talk a little bit about and the, and the topic, vocational discernment and spiritual warfare. Obviously, you know, one of the things that's so important we hear, I have not heard a, a, a vocation story yet that didn't include uh, Eucharistic adoration and the importance of that. And we may touch on that here in a little bit. But what about those, uh, what would you say to those who are maybe afraid to ask God what he has in store for their life? I think, you know, sometimes that can be a little bit uh, of an overwhelming feeling. But what would you say to somebody uh, that's maybe having that struggle. Yeah, that, that's a good question. Um, so I start off by saying you're in good company. You know, um, a lot of holy people through the years have, have been really nervous about putting themselves in front of God and saying, uh, what do you want me to do? We even looked at Scripture. You know, Moses and Jonah, two good examples. And, and so it, it can be scary to say, Lord, I'm open to whatever you want because we might be scared where you might say, okay, we'll go do this and and. So I guess to that, I would just say, um, at the same time, you know, one of the most commonly repeated phrases in all of Scripture is, be not afraid, um, have no fear. And I think we can take comfort in the fact that, um, I mean, we got the life that we have, we got it from God. He, he knows us better than we know ourselves, and He knows better even than we do what's going to bring us true joy, true peace, meaning in our life, the way that He, he wants us to find uh, holiness in our life. And so we, we can... We can trust him. I guess, simply put, I'd say um, you can trust God. He, he desires your good. He's only going to call you to something that's good for you. And so while it might be scary, um, I think we can probably look back at, at our blessed mother, Mary, uh, I'm sure. Uh, we know she was scared when the angel appeared to her. Um, but I think maybe we can take use her as a witness of, of how to respond when God calls us and say, um, Lord, I trust you. Be it done to me according to your will. Father, any practical steps we can take to help us to be more open to God's will? What what can you suggest there? Yeah, uh, that's good. I mean, so I think one of the uh, one of the great things about Ignatius is is um, that's what he does is he gives good practical advice, like actual steps we can look at and say, okay, this is this is what I should do. And so, um, yeah, again, this is kind of 
this is a step I hope um, we're all open to trying to take so we, we can all relate to the fact that you know I, I'm a little bit nervous to I'm a little bit nervous to put myself in front of God and say I'll go wherever he leads me I'll, I'll do what you want me to do so some of the practical steps that that Ignatius gives us kind of the means to to becoming more open to God's will um, he, he gives kind of like four basically four main steps and, and so one of them is, is greater devotion to the Eucharist, and, and so talks about how when we're in the presence of the Eucharist, um, it just allows for certain stirrings of our heart to, to appear, and, and, and maybe, maybe people can relate to this. You've been at Mass uh, before, and something kind of comes on your heart, and when you leave Mass and it's not there anymore, then next week you come back to Mass and there it is again. Like These are things we want to pay attention to, right? When we're in the Eucharistic presence, when we're in Christ's presence, um, there's a stirring of our heart that often happens. And, of course, um, reverence as we're receiving Christ in, in our bodies. And amen, I believe. And, and kind of sitting with that, we return back to our pews. And So Ignatius, uh, of course, um, recommends frequent reception of the Eucharist. And then on top of that, uh, adoration as well. You know, spending time um, in adoration with the Lord, looking at the Lord. He's, he's looking at you. And, and again, that same opportunity arises, the same stirrings of the heart often arise when, when we're sitting there quietly with the Lord in His physical presence. Um, and so, so Eucharist would be one, one huge one that you'd recommend uh, to make us more open to God's will. Um, sacred Scripture is the second one. He says, uh, and you know, Ignatius has a really a kind of a cool and unique way of, of asking us to pray with Scripture. Um, he wants us to be kind of imaginative about it, to, to, to place ourselves in the Scripture um, and, and do even kind of cheesy things like like imagine um, you know what what's it smell like? If you put yourself in the scene. What's it smell like? What's the weather like? Like um, just actually try to make it as much like you're truly there. And and you can see where if you do this, you place yourself in scriptures and 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 maybe there's a scene where you're looking at Christ and 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 He's actually looking back at you. And um, you can see where putting yourself in that helps you to get to know Christ a little bit better, and, and, and through that you learn you can trust Him. You, you love Him, you can trust Him, and it helps you be more open to His will when He calls. And then He says silence. The third thing would be silence. Um, and, of course, we all know we're in, we're in a world of, of constant noise. Um, and so He says just whatever you can do in your life to feel more silence, maybe fast from certain forms of media that you're, you know, we're always going from one place to another with, with something going on. Can we... Can we get rid of some of that silence, and maybe even get up a little bit earlier in our day, spend time with God, and, and to allow that, that still, small voice of God that we hear about from Scripture. A lot of times he, he speaks with that still, small voice, um, and, and it's only through silence that we can hear Him at times. And so silence is the third. And then finally, he says uh, spiritual direction, and to have a guide to help you. We've got these different, you know, we're going back and forth between two good options. Which one do we, which one do we go with? And, and we're kind of thinking through it and praying about it. Um, to, ha- to have a, a spiritual guide there to, to help you um, to bounce off some of the experiences you're having is really helpful. And, 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 of course, we don't have a ton of um, trained, like really good trained spiritual directors necessarily. Not, not everybody has that available. Um, if you do, that's great, fantastic. He recommends it. But if not, Father Timothy says, you know, if that's not available, you can still educate yourself you know, the best you can by, by reading good spiritual books, by, by asking maybe uh, your priest what would be a good book to help guide you in your spiritual life, and I for sure would, would recommend um, anything by Father Timothy Gallagher about, uh, about the sermon. So those would be the, four, the four, four practical things we can do to help us be more open to God's will. Maybe share your thoughts on that and how adoration played a, a part in, in your discernment process. 
No, yeah, I think it's huge. I mean, um, it's undeniable. I, 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 you know what's really cool is, is uh, you would think this, this has happened and it's been happening for a while now with different youth groups, you know, and, and different youth events around the country. When, when upon reflection, like when kids say, say they go to like NCYC and talk about what was your favorite experience, you know, there's all these great talkers and great musicians and all these exciting things going on. And, and young kids that have a similar interest all, from all around the world there that they're excited to see. Time after time, like a majority of the kids say their favorite thing about being there um, was adoration. And it's the last thing you would guess. It's the only time during the entire week where they're on their knees um, praying the entire time, you know, in silence. Um, and, and kids love it. People eat it up. And there's just something. Our world is so starved um, for silence. And then when you, when you take silence and combine it with the Eucharistic presence, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus, and, and so it's quiet and you can spend time looking directly at him. I mean, that's just, it makes sense that it's powerful. Um, and, and, and gosh, the world needs more of it. And, and I, I like what you said. I, I think if more more people um, spent just one hour a week in adoration, it'd, it'd be a, definitely a different world. And, and um, in my, yeah, my own journey, that's that's um, certainly, that's what I was advised to do. And it was good advice when I was, when it came down to it. And I was, I was thinking, I need to make a decision. Am I, am I called to seminary or not? Um, that's what I did for three or four weeks was, was right there in Hayes, um, go down to Immaculate Heart of Mary's Adoration Chapel and just think about both options. And, and it was in that silence and in, in, in Christ's presence that uh, and he made it pretty clear to me over time that, that it, was, it was priesthood that I was called to. And that's uh, obviously one of the common themes we hear. And, and, you know, I love couples, too. You hear stories of couples who actually consider and, and get engaged in the Adoration Chapel or, or couples that, you know, spend a lot of time together during uh, in the Adoration Chapel. Some people, their dates, uh, couples that they date, their date night may be part of it is spending time in adoration. It's a beautiful thing. And that silence is just so important. So, Father, what about if God isn't clear to us about about what he wants us to choose. Maybe we're struggling with really get, gaining clarity from what uh, God wants from us. How do we handle that? Yeah. Good question. So, so yeah, maybe maybe we've gotten to the point where, okay, I, I true Lord, I'm, I'm open. I, I'll do what you want me to do. Just make it clear to me and I'll do it, you know, and, and, and God's not doing it. So, so what do I do then? How do, how do I discern? How do I know God's will? So this is where we could really get into the weeds with Ignatius, and, and that's where, you know, I, I'm going to just stay surface level because I've got a lot to learn myself uh, with Ignatian spirituality. But, but he does, one thing that we can talk about is he does give us three modes of discernment. And so I could talk about the, the first two. And he says uh, the first mode of discernment um, would be that one where, where God actually is really clear with us. And, and, and these are maybe uh, rare moments for most people. This would be, for example, like the call of St. Paul. St. Paul never looked back, right, from the moment... So the moment Christ called him, said, Paul, why are you persecuting me? From that point forward, Paul's in, right? It's a no-doubt moment. Um, it's called St. Matthew, and we can point to other examples like this. But, so the first mode is this, like clarity beyond doubting. Like, I know God's called me to do this. and So it can be like a moment like that, like with St. Paul. It could also be less dramatic, but, but something that's just been on your heart your entire life, right? You've just grown up always knowing this is what God wants me to do, and we see this once in a while. We've got priests like this in our diocese who've got a cool vocation story where from the time, they, as long as they can remember, they always wanted to be a priest, and they played Mass as a kid. And, and uh, So it's less dramatic, but there's never been any doubt. Just God made it very, very clear to them their entire life. This is what I'm called to. So that's the first mode. 
Um, and then Ignatius gets into the second mode, which would be uh, what he calls an, an attraction of the heart. So this is what we go to. If, if God's not given us that, that just undoubtable clarity, he asks us to spend time in prayer consistently over and over and over again and pay attention for patterns. Look, look for patterns. So you go to prayer one day and you, and you, you think about both options, um, choosing between two good things. Which one is your heart drawn to? Okay, you go back the next day. Again, which one is your heart drawn to? And then, and he encourages you to journal so that you can look at it over the course of time and, and eventually look back on that. And, and in times of spiritual consolation, um, are you drawn to one option? In times of spiritual desolation, is it contrary to that one option? And when you kind of consider all that and you kind of look back on your journal work, uh, you know, Ignatius would say, okay, you can make an informed decision here. God, God didn't, like, slam you over the head with what you should do. But you, you're, over the course of time, there, there's a pattern and your heart seems to be drawn to this over and over and over again. Okay, you can act on that. That seems to be, after a sufficient amount of time, um, what God's calling you to. So that's placing yourself in God's presence and, and paying attention to a pattern of, of where He's drawing your heart is another way to go if, if He's not being super clear. We need to take a short break right now, but stay tuned to Divine Mercy Radio. We'll be right back with more about vocational discernment and spiritual warfare with Father Andy Hamakey. We're back on Double-Edged Sword, cutting to the heart of a deceptive culture on Divine Mercy Radio. Vocational discernment and spiritual warfare. With Father Andy Hamakey. Ken Billinger conducts the interview. We're talking with Father Andy Hamakey about vocational discernment and spiritual warfare. So we're going to get into, we've, we haven't really talked at all yet about spiritual warfare, Father, but let's get into that now. Did, was that, let's talk about spiritual battles. Do you fight, face any of those or moments of doubt on your journey to the priesthood? I would be surprised if you would say no, but share with us uh, your thoughts there. Yeah, so yeah, for sure. Um, Going all the way back to, like I was saying, those, those days in adoration, you know, I, I was in my, my fifth year of college at Fort Hayes and or the, the summer between my fourth and fifth year. And, and so I definitely remember I had that experience, you know, fr- from this, this second mode of discernment where we where we kind of sit there and we, um, we, we put both options in front of us. God was 100 percent drawing my heart um, to priesthood each time I, I would think about marriage and I get a very natural um, joy from that and and sounded great. I think about priesthood and I'd get a, what I, what I think looking back was a, a supernatural joy that just gave me a lot of peace. And that repeated itself over and over and over again when I was there in prayer. But then of course, once I, once I left the Adoration Chapel and, and moved on about my day, oftentimes I'd have these thoughts coming into my head, doubting if, I, if that really, what, that, that peace that I had in my heart, whether it was really real or not, you know, and, and I think that'd be an example of spiritual warfare. Of course, of course the devil, um, does not want us to do God's will, and he wants to try to make us doubt everything that God puts on our heart. And so, you know, Ignatius, again, he, he gives us good he gives us good strategies for this, and, and he tells us what he wants us to do overall is to be able to be aware uh, of what's, who is it speaking to us, right? Um, and so he's got what I've heard called before this, this, this strategy called the big three. You know, be aware, understand, and act. And so... 
So he wants us to be constantly, um, again, this is where that, the silence can play a role, not, not being distracted by what's around us all the time, but to be constantly looking inside ourselves and, and see what's stirring in us spiritually and our hearts. So that can be brought, brought to our attention, brought to our mind. And it's okay, what's, what's stirring me? And then we can try to understand, be aware, understand, is this of God? Is this how God normally speaks to me? Um, is, this, is this bringing me peace? Is it lifting up my heart? Or is this full of anxiety and fear? And if it's, it's the anxiety and fear, and we know it's not of God, and he says act, and, and, and in this situation, if it's not of God, our action is reject that thought, re- reject that doubt. Go with what you had over and over and over again in prayer. Um, when you were there and in Christ, that, that pattern that, that God led you to. Um, and so, yeah, I, I definitely had doubts. But, uh, you know, I, I would say the one experience, the only time I ever about left seminary was in my, my very first year there. And it was a, I'd never had this experience again, but I, I, was, I felt really, really distant from God for about a week. And, you know, we were forced to go to prayer. But when I was at prayer, I wasn't really praying. And it was, it, I would say I, I think I was in spiritual desolation at that time. And, um, and, it was affected me to the point where, luckily, some of my friends noticed it. And, and I was starting to think about, it was crossing my mind to leave seminary, and maybe this isn't what I'm called to, having all kinds of doubts. And I remember walking up the stairs by myself, and one of my friends from seminary started walking down and saw me. And he said, what's going on? I was like, I'm nothing, I'm fine. He's like, come to my room. And we went back to his room. He could just tell something was off, and we started talking, and I just started sharing what was going on inside. And then he said, okay, whatever, that, that's all fine. Um, do not leave. Don't make any decisions um, before you go back and actually pray and ask God what he wants you to do. And um, so I, you know, was, I took his advice, and, and that night I went and sat in front of the Lord uh, again in adoration and, and, and uh, did the same thing I did um, when I was in Hayes in, in the adoration chapel and said, Lord, am I called to this? And, and from that point forward, God, God gifted me with a lot of peace during that moment, like, yes, you're called to be here. And I would say from that point forward, to be honest, I think it's a gift. Um, I've, I've had that peace from that point all the way through up, in, up until my, my priesthood. But um, for sure, there was, there was some, uh, some warfare um, involved. Yeah. Our guest, Father Andy Hamicky, uh, talking on vocational discernment and spiritual warfare, talked about some of the spiritual battles uh, that you faced. And um, let's talk about, uh, Father, what, what's the goal that you have for the diocese in your role as vocation director? I know you, I'm sure you and Father Joshua have talked about this, but what are, what are some goals or things that you'd like to see happen? Yeah, so I think um, one goal for sure, maybe, maybe kind of a big picture goal um, based on our conversations. And, and of course, uh, first, you know, it's been great working with Bishop Vinky as well. He's a former vocation director. So just in conversations, just trying to, you know, yeah, what's our goal? What, what do we hope to see in the future? Big picture. I think it's, you know, we'd love to see just a, a culture in our diocese where you have a, a majority of people who truly are open to God's will. We, we, we get over this fear of, of we got a lot of faithful people, for sure. we got, to, I think, a lot of great faith in our diocese. But I think a lot of faithful people are, are, are understandably nervous to say, Lord, I'll go wherever you, wherever you lead me. What do you want me to do? And so to, to get to the point where that fear is, is squashed and then people are truly open to wherever God is leading them. And, and man, wouldn't, our, wouldn't it be amazing to see what would happen in our diocese if, if, if all of us were truly open to that. And then I'd say, uh, kind of specifically, you know, with, with regards to uh, priesthood and, and religious life, just, I think it'd be really cool to get to the point where, you know, say, say at Thomas More Prep Marion, you have a, uh, a couple guys graduating 
um, any high school in the diocese. A couple guys graduating, and, and, and they're saying what, what they're going to do after graduation, and, and one guy says, yeah, I'm going to Fort Hayes. One guy says, I'm going to Colby Juco. One guy says, I'm going to K-State. One guy says, I'm going I'm to go to a trade school. Someone else says, I'm going to Conception Seminary. And nobody even reacts to that like it's crazy. You know, no, nobody even, not that it's not a big deal and it's really cool, but, uh, but people just, okay, yeah, that's, that's, that's a legitimate option. That, that should be right there with, with any other option. And, and of course, it's something that every single young man um, should be totally open to and, and every young woman open to religious life. And um, one, one story I'd say real quick from, that, I, that I love about that, the potential for that kind of a culture is, uh, you know, Wichita has done a good job recently in, in, in their vocations work. And, and uh, when I was in seminary one time, I went to a basketball game at, at Bishop Carroll and was packed because they're playing Cape and Mount Carmel, their, their Catholic rival. And uh, I was sitting next to this, this lady I didn't know from, from Bishop Carroll, um, and she asked me what, where I go to school. And when you're in seminary, you know, you get that question. It, it's fun to share it, but, but uh, oftentimes you get strange reactions from people, you know. They don't know what to say when you say, I'm studying to be a priest. So I was totally expecting that out of her. I said, I'm in seminary, studying to be a priest. And she said, oh, that's nice. My, my son is, is thinking about going here in a couple of years as well. Like, she didn't even, didn't even bat an eye. Like, she, she respected it, but I think that's where I'd, I'd love to get in our diocese, you know, where it's just it, it's a, such a common thing and, and such a, something that everybody considers that we don't even necessarily um, – think twice about someone going. Absolutely. Our guest uh, this afternoon, Father Andy Hamicky. Uh And you were ordained, was it, um, was was May at your year one? Is it, Are you about a year and a half in now, or? Am yeah, I... uh, June 2nd, uh, 2018. Yeah. Oh, so eight? I'm two, pushing two and a half years. Oh my yeah. gosh, I was thinking a year and a half, so that, that's amazing. Uh, can, it's Time flies, I guess. To, starting to call me a wild old veteran at this point <laughs> no, definitely not yeah. yeah well it's it's been great and i'm just so happy for you and and i know your folks are very proud of you as well uh any other thoughts that you might have maybe uh, somebody listening is is discerning um young people and i guess the I'm, i may ask you this question first before we go on is just you know at what age was there what age was it for you that you really started discerning the call to the priesthood, would you say? Yeah, I'd say, I mean, actively, like really thinking hard about it. I was, I was a, I was three years into college at Fort Hayes. So my mom planted a seed when I was, when I was, when I was younger, uh, she'd always throw it out there when I, when I'd say, I want to be either a professional drummer or, or a major league baseball player. Um, she'd say, okay, that, that's great. Maybe, maybe you'll be a priest as well. So that, I think that planted a seed that helped that that kind of uh, that kind of grew again when, whenever when I got to that age in college when things were just picking up and, and, and I was falling more and more in love with the faith and as I started sharing the faith with different people um, at that time uh, that idea of being a priest three years into college that that's really when it started to surface again. Well, Father, what would you say to maybe some parents who have a young a young men or women, for that matter, who are are really felt feeling called to a vocation to the priesthood or religious life, and maybe they're, you know, even a younger age. Maybe I know I, I uh, one of the things that I do at our parish is is we uh, we take care of server training and and the coordinating servers and try to help them a little bit with formation. And well, I've got a, a couple of young men that are really serious um, young young guys that are you know, 
12 or 13 years old, and they they have felt that calling even you know earlier in their life, which is kind of amazing. But one really incredible young man, who you know every time I talk to him, still he says I still feel like I want to you know pursue the priesthood. I feel called there. Um, what would you say to parents who maybe have uh, children again, uh, young men or young women who are feeling maybe that call that this that call to a priesthood or religious life? Yeah, I'd say definitely uh, foster it, you know, and uh, encourage it. Um, no, I'd, I'd say this too. So I want to be careful here, but but um, make sure it is their vocation and not and not you trying to talk them into something that you want mm. for them. You know, uh, I remember that with my own dad. Um, he he to this day he's very, you know, he, he supported it from day one and was was uh, excited about it and all that. But he he also. Wanted to check and uh, as any father should, you know, check and make sure it's what what I was called to. And so, um, so that there's a balance there. Um, but I would say 100%. Gosh, if, if your son or daughter is open to religious life or priesthood, foster it and, and encourage it and check in with them and and, and uh, know uh, encourage them to pray and keep putting themselves in those those silent opportunities in front of the Lord um, so they can hear His voice and and. And I would say to any parents who, I think one of the biggest fears is, especially your son, you know, if he's going to be a priest, I'm going to lose him, you know. Uh, I'm, I'm, my brother was, was nervous about that. I can never say a cuss word in front of my, you know, my brother again or something like that. Like, it's going to change everything. It changed our relationship. I'm going to lose him. And I could say this isn't just me. Um, most priests I know, the whole journey um, towards priesthood, from the moment they get to seminary and all the way through, um, your family's along for that ride with you, and 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 it draws you closer to them. I'm closer to my family um, because of my journey to priesthood, because of my priesthood now, than I ever was before, and I think than I ever would have been if I hadn't become a priest. So, so I'd say have no fear uh, of your son becoming a priest. Um, it's, it's a joyful, joyful life that we live, and, and also you most likely grow closer to him in that process. Well, uh, one of the things, Father Andy, before we go, and obviously we're going to talk about your uh, vocations prayer for priests and as well and get a blessing from you, but obviously it's a bit of an unprecedented year. You had, you know, you were ordained, as you mentioned, in June of 2018, so you're coming up on two and a half years. What has it been like for you? And I know it's been a challenge for a lot of priests, especially pastors, dealing with the COVID situation. There's a lot of changes and things that have happened, a lot of requirements, and that really kind of adds an extra challenge for you. Um, what have you found with that, or what are some of the challenges that, that you've faced uh, with, the, with the pandemic? Yeah, I think early on, so at first, when especially back when it got to the point where we had to have no no public mass, uh, that was there was just some practical things. It was it was hard preaching to a camera only, and you can't you can't see uh, anybody's reactions. I, I stopped telling jokes pretty quick because any joke you told, you couldn't tell if anybody's laughing. So <laughs> it's just awkward and and, and uh, but so kind of an extension of that now to this. What I find difficult, I think a lot of people do is, and we understand it. We got to be cautious, and, and there's all kinds of opinions, but. But certainly, the, uh, when we do wear masks, it's, it's hard to see people's facial expressions, and, and you kind of miss that. And so that's when you're doing ministry to people, you know, you're always kind of reading them and, and trying to see how they're doing. And when, when half their face is covered, it's just, it's just a reality. It's, it's hard to hard to get a read on them and how you can help them. Um, and so, you know, that's been tough. But but again, like like a lot of people would say, you know, there, there's God makes good of, of everything, and there's been all kinds of blessings as well. You know, uh, I, I remember when the pandemic, when it, when it first really started happening and schools were shutting down, noticing 
more than I've ever noticed in my life. Like how many fathers are out in the front yard playing catch with their son, and how many how many mm-hmm. families were just like going on walks. And so, you know, Thanksgiving just just now we just got through this holiday where a lot of people weren't able to go see their extended family, which was tough. We want to see those people, but I've heard a lot of stories of, of people um, having great conversations with with just them and, and like a couple of their kids. You know, we didn't get to see everybody, but because of that, there was less distraction and, and some some real deep conversations got to happen. And so. There's struggles uh, with it, with it all for sure, and, and man, I think we're praying for this thing to to get out of here and for for everything to be over soon. We can get back to normal, but I, I think even in the midst of it, God is definitely making good of it. Uh, you know, I think that you make a great point. I've, I've got some friends that talked about we we never used to pray as a family. We do that now. You know, every evening after dinner um, or after supper, it's that's it's one of the things that's important to them, and they they pray as a family. And, and I'm hearing more stories like that. And I think to your point, there are you know God always brings good out of out of uh, bad situations, and and certainly in this case, um, it's a it's it's been some time for pause to reflect on, you know, reflect on things and really understand that, you know, when we're not on the run like we normally are, we talk about all the noise of the world, it um, it gives us pause to really reflect and, and realize what's important in our lives. And I think that's been certainly a positive to come out of this as well. Uh, Father, any other final thoughts before we have you uh, do the vocation prayer for us and then a blessing? I would just say, um, you know, educate yourself on we live in 2020 where where we do have amazing resources available to us so um, number one um, strive to be open to God's will in your life and and if you want help on trying to to learn how to discern well talk to people who know but but as well um, there's such good resources and so just a few that I would recommend would be um, again Father Timothy Gallagher he's got a book called Discerning the Will of God it's a pink book Discerning the Will of God by Father Timothy Gallagher, I'd, I'd highly recommend it. It's excellent. And also by, by Father Timothy, the, the Sermon of Spirits. The Sermon of Spirits is, is another book that he wrote that's just excellent to, to help guide us through Ignatius' spiritual exercises. As far as wanting that d- desiring to be a priest or thinking about, am I called to be a priest? There's a great little booklet that was done by the National Conference of Diocesan Vocation Directors. We're trying to get these in, in every parish. But it's entitled, Is Jesus Calling You to Be a Catholic Priest? And that's got a great little practical guide on, on how to discern as well. So, And finally, Scripture. Uh, Ignatius recommends that. Um, stay faithful to reading Scripture and, 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 and placing yourself in the scene. And, and, and through that, draw closer to Christ so you can hear His call more clearly and, and be more willing to say yes. All right, some great uh, practical advice there, Father. We appreciate that. You, I know that you mentioned uh, that you came up with a new vocations prayer as well. Uh, yes, would you sir. mind sharing that with us? Yeah, let's do, it. let's do it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. O Lord, my God, please raise up an army of priests from the sons of the Diocese of Salina, priests that will carry your merciful words of absolution upon their lips, Priests that will anoint our loved ones with your holy oil in sickness and at the hour of their death. Priests who will fearlessly proclaim the gospel in season and out. Priests who will offer the holy sacrifice of the Mass for our salvation. Dearest Mother Mary, fill the hearts of mothers and fathers of our diocese with joy as their sons discern a call into the holy orders of Christ's eternal priesthood. We ask this with humble hearts. Through the holy name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, Amen. Thank you, Father. Father beautiful, beautiful prayer. And was that uh, was that co-authored you and Father Joshua? 
I got to give him credit. That was that was 100% Father Josh. Oh, okay. Yep. Yep. So right. yep. He nailed right. it. Well, uh, Father, thank you so much for joining us. Always great to have you on. And if you would, could we get a final blessing from you? Absolutely. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to Double-Edged Sword, Cutting to the Heart of a Deceptive Culture. If you can help keep great shows like this Double-Edged Sword show on the air and help Jesus bring souls to heaven, then please go to D vmercy.com and click on donate where your donation will be greatly appreciated you're listening to divine mercy radio 101.7 kjdm lindsberg salina 105.7 kmdg hayes 88.1 krtt great bend and 88.1 kvdm hayes if today you hear his voice harden not your hearts <laughs>